This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Three minutes after 12 is the time and... uh your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial is now upon us. If you're new to this, then let me briefly explain how it works. You ring me with a question to which you suspect there must be an answer, but you have thus far been unable to find that answer. Someone else hears you ask the question and they ring in with the answer. There are only really two rules for mystery. The first is, don't be dull. Seriously, never be boring. It is obviously in the eye of the beholder. I've got a fluid production team at the moment so we will be working on the on the hoof turning on a sixpence but chris's decision is final if he thinks the question is boring the question is boring please move along without a fight and come back next week with a better question things get a little trickier when it comes to repetition um because of the fluidity of said production team i think chris is chris's third ever mystery hour so he's highly unlikely to have an encyclopedic knowledge of all the questions that we've dealt with over the course of the last near decade and my short-term memory shot to pieces so don't expect any help from me we will endeavor mark how many have you done now about a dozen yeah so you you have done more mystery hours than anybody else except me you there listening so you'll be the one who possibly points out but don't point it out all the time and try not to ring in with the qualification for your answer being that you've heard it before i'm not selling it well this week am i should we start again if you have a who a why a where a when a whither or even a wherefore and you need an answer to that inquiry this is the place to come oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need and uh, if we do veer into the realms of repetition a little bit unnecessarily why don't we chalk it up as a greatest hits it's five minutes after 12 this is mystery Hour on lbc and i have to say you don't like the boom um if you're just tuning in for reasons that i haven't got the energy to explain we were thinking of substituting the traditional mystery hour round of applause with a boom but now we're not going to because um the majority of votes have been cast the other way i might let you if you answer a question correctly i might let you uh choose your mode of reward it's a democratic way of doing it david Ealing. david what's your question uh, good afternoon, James. Hello, uh, to do with the military services. Oh, go on. Navy, you've got the Royal Navy. Yes, you have. You've got the Royal Air Force. Yes, you have. Why isn't it called the Royal Army? Why is it just called... The Army. Yeah. It, it, it's because of regiments, isn't it? I don't know. No, it is, I'm telling you. Cause... So you got the kings... So, you got you, you, The regiments have royal patronage. Each individual regiment has royal patronage. So the Royal Navy or Air Force haven't... They don't have regiments. Uh, yeah, you have got the Royal uh, Air Force Regiment. What do you mean? Well, there is... It's, it's called the Regiment, the Royal Air Force Regiment. They they actually guard all the uh, uh, military bases. If the... Uh, yeah, but uh, so the regiment doesn't have the regiment doesn't have royal patronage of its own. So the, the army is a collection of armies. Each, each, each little army called a regiment. Each regiment has royal patronage. So you don't need royal patronage for the collective noun for regiments, which is army. Each regiment is royal. They're, they're all looking at me as if I've got this wrong, and you 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 are somehow expressing your scepticism through the power of silence, David. Uh. Well, this is my first time call, so I'm a little bit nervous. Well, don't be nervous. Have a boom, just to put you at your ease. 
Uh, Boom! Oh, there you go. How's that? Feeling better now? The answer that you've come up with is correct. Well, I think that's it is. Probably, that's why I phoned up, so I want... Well, I'm, no, 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 I'm not going to... I can't force it through. So why, why is the army not no. royal? Uh, that, that's your question. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're on. I mean, let's hope somebody out there comes up with a, an answer. Well, someone just did. You just didn't want it. No, I said someone out there. Yeah, well, I'm, where do you think I am? No, you're in the studio. I'm talking about the, the public. Who am I? Uh, I think, as a collective, I think they might be a little bit more knowledgeable than you. <laughs> First and last call anyway, uh, to Mystery Hour. <laughs> to take care of David. Mark's in... She's clearly never listened to Mystery Hour before. Mark's in Walthamstow. Question or answer, Mark? A question, James. Yes. Hi, gorgeous. I yeah. bet you've been wolf, wolf-whistled that many a time. You're not wrong there, my friend. <laughs> Go on. Well, Can you whistle sarcastically? I've never been entirely sure. <laughs> this wolf whistling's lark. Wolves don't whistle, do they? But where's the origins of this thing? Is it a, a British thing? Or so so what? it's called a wolf whistle because it sounds like a wolf's howl. Does it really? Yeah, well, I mean, that. Uh, yes, yeah, kind of. More like more, It sounds more like a wolf howl than any other form of whistling. So what like, should oh! be... Like that, you see. Why should they make a wolf whistle to show your you are complimenting the, the young ladies? Then I, yeah, I like that. So, wh- wh- why did the wolf whistle become an expression of appreciation? Correct. I like it. Why do you want to know? Because I can't wolf whistle. I learn learn another technique. Well, all right, we'll leave it right there. Nine minutes after 12 is the time. Why is the army not royal when the navy and the air force are? And how did the wolf whistle become a mode of expressing appreciation oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need uh ron's in wormley in hertfordshire ron question or answer it's a question please james yes uh it's a weird one but why do the dicky birds come down in my garden and drink the dog's wee oh mate people are having their lunch well, I'm sorry about that, but I'm having something as well. But I'm watching a, a sparrow right this minute. He's come down where my dog has weed on the patio, and he's drinking it. Now, why do they do that? You're watching it right this minute? I am doing that. Honestly. What a... And the pigeons come down and do the same. What, just your dog or, or all dogs? What do you feed well, it? I don't know about all dogs. What do you feed the dog? I give it dog food. Just normal dog food. You're not. You're not feeding it some special substance that is particularly no, punt. Like, not like that at all. And I wondered if they'd do the same with human weed. Oh, mate, no, it. stop it now, Ron. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek, my expression of distaste, but only partly. It's mostly sincere. But I, it is fascinating. Is it? Oh yeah. I don't know. If you didn't have the radio on, how fascinating do you think it would be? Oh, much better. Really. I'll yes. see, I'll see what I can do. I presume it's just, like, water for them, isn't it? They're just thirsty. Yeah, but normally they go into the bird bath and drink ordinary water. Well, is the bird bath full at the moment? It is that. Are I you sure? A positive. Mm. Yeah. And oh. yeah, there's, there's another one. It's just come down and gone to the dog's wee right this second. It's like Springwatch. It. It's like Springwatch, yeah. mate. You're Kate Humble. I'm Bill Oddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, hello, Bill. <laughs> All right, Kate. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I don't like your hairstyle. <laughs> stop it. I'm going to stop. I'm just going to be Chris Packham and start inv- inventing song titles. Into yeah. I, I'm very tempted to keep you on the line until another one comes down, but how do I know you're not faking it? I, I, I promise you. I oh. promise you. And, and don't do that boom thing. Just give us a clap. 
All right, I will. I'm not giving you anything, mate, because all you've done is ask a silly, slightly rude question. I've been waiting years to get a bloody answer. No, 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 no. So just now you're swearing. There's no need for any of this. Ron, get back, get back, get back to your your, your, your wildlife watch. I am. All right. I'm I'm sitting here now, coffee in hand. Good man. It's a lovely image. It's it's lovely, that old Ron there, watching the birds, drinking his dogs. Okay. Uh, Does anyone know why? Does anyone care? Tony's in Enfield. Tony, question or answer? Answer, please, James. Carry on, Tony. Um, why is the British Army not royal? Yes. I believe that the British Army is not royal, because it couldn't have been. We didn't have a standing army until Cromwell raised one, and he wasn't exactly going to make it royal, was he? He was too busy cutting the royals' heads off. It was, it was Up until that point, it was individual regiments that um yes. that, 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 that had fealty... Lo- local it, regiments, yeah. Local regiments. that, that who, who did they answer to? Earls and dukes and things. That answers landowners who were tasked with raising armies as and when necessary by the king. Which is why Warwick became the king maker. When the Earl of Warwick decided exactly. to put his army on one side instead of the other, the whole nature of the conflict changed. Exactly. Now, we had a Royal Navy uh, raised by, well... Henry VIII? Um, Henry VIII and um, uh, Queen Elizabeth I. Yeah. She was the famous... Um, um, queen, of the, famous the queen, yes. very <laughs> famous queen there for you. Yep, <laughs> there we go. So famous, they okay. named her twice. And and by the time Indeed. the navy and the air force came about, they were national bodies, ergo under the authority of the crown, ergo royal. But individual regiments, although many of them enjoy royal patronage, they did not actually come into existence until after the civil war. Exactly. I, I think that's a brilliant answer. I nearly cut you off when you said, I believe, because I thought you were about to start theorising and speculating. Oh, no. I know. I believe based on 14 years of military service and an interest in the subject. Well, there you go. Now, would you like a round of applause or a sonic boom? Oh, a round of applause, please, yeah, James. I, I like, yeah, purist, though, you see. Tony's a purist. A mystery our purist. He's not messing about with any of these newfalutin... Uh, into, into, uh, excitement. Simon's in Newbury. Simon, question or answer? It's a question, James. Go on, mate. Um, it's a simple one for you. Why do we cry? Why do we actually produce tears? It's just about the most the most simple physical projection of our emotions, yet I've never actually understood why we do it. Do you mean the evolutionary explanation? Um... If you like. <laughs> well, because, I mean, there's a, there's a variety uh, of whys here, isn't there? I mean, what, what, the biological explanation, what right. happens physically that gets prompted, yeah. or why do we cry in the sense of what purpose does it serve to us, which will be an evolutionary answer, or a combination of both of the above? I, I, well, I suppose it's probably a combination with, with a leaning towards the biological, because... Because what is, I, I don't understand what is it that goes on in your in your brain when emotion can turn into something so physical. Mm. Are, you, are you a big crier? Not really. Are you I not? Not to be. Oh, I am. I'm awful. <laughs> Seriously, I'm a right. I mean, it's not a sign of particular uh, strength crying a lot or weakness. Hitler apparently used to burst into tears all the time, and he. he I have to be careful now. I don't want to fall into any Ken Livingstone-sized holes. But Hitler was not a very nice person, and he cried a lot. So sure, cry, crying sure. doesn't denote sensitivity. No, no, I, I appreciate that. It's just, um... Why do yeah. we do I like it. Uh, when's the last time you cried? Actually, don't answer that. Who do I think I am? Honestly, so impertinent. It's 12.15. Ow. 
19 minutes after 12. Funnily enough, Tom Swarbrick expressed surprise there in the trail for our weekend schedule that last Sunday this extremism issue for the Conservatives was still alive after Michael Fallon's intervention. Um, Theo Usherwood back with yet another breaking development, largely, as I've said a couple of times, in response to the story that you at one point were the only person on Fleet Street pursuing. Uh, Yes, James. I told you about the Prime Minister's apology. He has now corrected the record in Parliament. He was asked a question by Mr Keith Simpson, the Tory MP for Broadland, uh, to ask him whether he would clarify his remarks concerning Suleiman Ghani. Mr Cameron replies in a written answer laid on Hansard, the official record of Parliament. I was referring to reports that Mr Ghani supports an Islamic State. I am clear that this does not mean Mr Ghani supports the organisation Daesh, and I apologise to him for any misunderstanding. James, what this means is that if you or one media reports what David Cameron said at PMQs on April the 20th, plays the clip again, it is a libel. Even it is is defamatory to do so because he has now corrected the record. So that uh, piece of audio, that clip, that transcript becomes defamatory to Mr... So the uh, parliamentary privilege has been removed from that. It is removed. Thank you very much indeed. It's an indication of how seriously I think this story should be treated that we've interrupted Mystery Hour to bring you the latest development. 20 minutes after 12 is the time. Back to that Mystery Hour. Nick's in Sidcup. Nick, question or answer? Yes, I feel a question. Go on then. Right, when you walk up to an escalator that is not moving or working, uh, whether it's metal or wooden, whether you're going up or down, you stumble onto it. When it's moving, you sort of... Like you do. <laughs> no, I know you, you do. I know you do. <laughs> you, you walk, you also, you, and also, you look behind you and think, hope no one see me. But why is that? It's ridiculous. It's because of your brain. No, it's not my brain. It is your brain, mate. Your brain thinks it's still moving. Somehow your brain and your body are in, 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 in conflict with each other. Your senses are in conflict with each other because your brain is saying, oh, I'm on one of those things that moves. And then suddenly no. you're not and you stumble. No. Oh, come on. Sorry. That's good. No. Yes. Well, it's sort of. Well, it's what else is, what else is it going to be? I don't know, that's why I'm bringing up Well, I've given you the best available answer. This is Occam's Razor, mate. I'm giving you Occam's Razor live on the radio. This is the answer. Your brain is somehow adjusting to the fact that this thing that normally moves isn't moving. No, it's not. I'm I'm walking along. I've got my bags of shopping with me. I walk up to the escalator. My brain says to me, Nick, the escalator's not moving. So yeah. I'm now going to have to move. So what happens is, I go along, and straight away, I stumble. And then you have a sense memory of a moving escalator, which also impacts upon your brain, which goes, oh, this is one of those things that moves. Oh, no, it isn't, and that's when you stumble. Just at that precise moment there. Going on, you've just told me that it's not moving, but this is one of those things that moves. Oh, stumble. You're not the public understanding of LBC. I'm thinking a little bit more... Do you know what? I'm going right off some of you lot. That, that is, uh, that is, yeah, right. Okay, so, do you, whoa, 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 whoa. You know I'm right. Stay there. When you just referred to me not being the professor of the public understanding of LBC, who were you actually implicitly referring to? Um, the man at Brighton. The man in Brighton. No. Do you mean Professor Hausel Zabowski, the professor of the public understanding of science at the University of Brighton? Yes. All right, let's see who's on line two. Hello, line two. Hello, James. Hello, Professor Hal, the professor of the public understanding of science at the University of Brighton. Stick. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Nico. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. How? What have we got? Um, we've got a delightful theory um, called operant conditioning. Yes, of course. Um, which was suggested by Pavlov, who did some rather unkind experiments on dogs. He did. Um, we associate escalators with moving, and we're conditioned to, to step onto them in a certain way. 
And because they're moving most of the time, we associate them with moving in the same way that the dogs that Pavlov used would associate being fed with ringing of a bell. And even when he rang the bell and then didn't feed the dogs, they would still salivate and produce gastric fluid. Um, another good example is school children. When the school bell goes off, they'll all jump up. And um, my Mr. Oh, Conkey yeah. used to say to me, no, you're, you're Pavlov's dogs. You've been conditioned. Oh, so nice, conditioned. nice bit of biographical detail thrown in there by Professor Howe. See, there's a picture of Professor you know Howe. I am humbled. I am humbled Good. that I've had the gentleman ring up and give me my answer. Yeah, but hang on, hang on, Nick. I'd already given you the right answer. Sort of. No, he, he no sort of about it. I just didn't know the fancy name. I love you. I get it. You know what's going to... What are you going to have? You're going to have... I'm going to ask you, do you want the boom or do you want the round of applause? Take a wild guess. Boom! (laughs) 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 Professor Hal, you can have a round of applause. No, that's about your millionth, anyway. Nick, nice work. Uh, and obviously, I appreciate that for people who are not familiar with Mystery Hour on a regular basis, some of that may have been a little in. But that's your fault, because soon you will be familiar with it on a regular basis, and then you'll enjoy all the in-bits just as much as people like Nick and Professor Hal. And I do. Nicola, now, in Rayleigh. Question or answer, Nicola? Um, question, please. Yours? Um, why is a hard shoulder called a hard shoulder? Because it's hard. Yeah, but why shoulder? Because it's, it's on the edge of the road. So it used to be the so- soft, ver- so the hard shoulder is because it's covered in tarmac. If it's not covered in tarmac, it's not the hard shoulder. It's just sort of soft ground on the edge of the road. Really? Yeah. Well, where's your shoulder? Is it is it in the middle of your body or right to the side? Yeah, but the road's not called your neck, is it? What? The road's not called the neck, Yeah, is no, it? stop splitting hairs, Nicola, will you? Uh. It's called the hard shoulder because it's the shoulder of the road, i.e. it's, it's on the, the, the left and right extremities. You've got two shoulders. And it's hard because it's tarmacked. Okay. Round of applause this time, please. No, round of applause this time. No more booms. Thank you very much, Nicola. If I'm wrong about that, I shall uh, probably not put you on air to tell me. It's coming up to 12.26. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Questions that still need answers. Uh, I'll put the hard shoulder in brackets. I'm fairly confident about that. What was the name of the gentleman who was who was staring out of his patio doors? Who was, I've only got him in my head as Kate Humble. Who was my Kate? What was his name? Anyway... There are birds that are flying down onto his patio as we speak to drink his dog's urine, and he wants to know why. Because the bird bath is full, which is probably quite a good question. It was Ron, wasn't it? Of course it was. And um, when did a wolf whistle become a sign of appreciation? Origins of the wolf whistle as an expression of appreciation. And my favourite question, potentially, Chris, who's producing today, has a little habit of... um, He only produces the show occasionally, every time he does... He says, oh, I've written an article about this for The Independent. And believe it or not, he has written an article about this for The Independent, but quite why or what it contains, I'll leave you to find out for yourself. Why do we cry? What is the evolutionary explanation or the biological explanation of tears? 26 after 12 is the time. Darren is in Welling Garden City. Darren, question or answer? A question, James. Go on, then. Um, right, well, my mum asked me uh, a couple of weeks back, I've been trying to go on for that since then, about... She was driving to work in the morning and she saw a pigeon on the top of a multi-storey car park looking down. And her question to me was, could the pigeon commit suicide if it wanted to? Or would it, would it, would it instantly f- start flapping and fly before it hit the floor? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is, it, is, it, is it, I mean, is it a question about the... I mean, you'd have to be able to read a pigeon's mind to answer that question. <laughs> hey, my mum asked me, so I thought I'd ask you. Well, there are there are evolutionary 
behaviours, and, and I think it may have subsequently turned out to be a bit apocryphal, the thing about lemmings, but they, population control among some mammals does involve the older people jumping off, the older members of the, of the herd jumping off a cliff. But I don't think... So you, I, I don't think you're going to get an answer. I don't want to let your mum down, Darren. <laughs> I can I didn't know what to say to her. I mean, I, I thought I was meant to be the one asking stupid questions. And, but and, it, and it was a serious... Did she ring you up, or were you face-to-face yeah. at the time? She actually no, rang she, you up. She came in she, she, she came in that evening, and she was deadly serious. She, she said, sit like, down, son, I need to ask you a question. Can a pigeon jump off the multi-storey car park and commit suicide? Or will it just react and fly up and then it's unable to commit suicide i i i i i, 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 I it's not often i'm lost for words actually but on this one i because i'm i tell you i'm uncomfortable as well because and, and i'm not having a pop at you in any way because i i'm uh, i can see I, I can see the funny yeah. side but there's nothing funny about suicide normally no no, no there's nothing no 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 but but when you bring a pigeon into it I, i'm not going to lie yeah. to you it, it, it assumes a previously absent comic dimension doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> all right for darren's mum let's do it for darren's mum Cheers, James. All right, mate. 12.28 is the time. Uh, can, can, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just pigeons, is it? But I, I suppose, can a pigeon seek to... Can a pigeon deliberately end its own life? Why do we cry? Why do birds drink dog urine? And what is the origin of the wolf whistle as a sign of human appreciation? If you know the answer to any of those, 03456060973. We need to get a few answers up, actually, so we might have to drop a couple of the questions that are waiting to free up the phone lines we need for answers. So just for the time being, it never works when I do this, but I press on anyway. Don't ring in with any more questions, just for the time being, because we need to get some answers to these ones. There's the wolf whistle question, the dog wee question, the tears question, and the pigeon question. There's a sort of natural history element emerging to this week's mystery hour. I blame Ron, stroke Kate Humble, whose dog it is, that did the thing that the birds are doing now on his patio. All right, maybe you had to be there. The number you need to provide the answers to those questions is 03456060973. Uh, you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Should we squeeze in, Tony? But no, we won't. We'll go towards the news headlines, Tony, and then we'll come to you first after those it is now approaching half past 12 and here with the very latest news headlines is ros unwin the new mayor of london has confirmed 400 extra armed 33 minutes after 12 i've been meaning to remind you actually that there's there's a lot going on on twitter uh, these days on the show we're putting out little clips while the, the program's still box fresh before we've actually come off air clips from the sort of highlights from the last hour or two and and uh, of course i retweet stuff that you send me that's really interesting so uh, make sure you're following at lbc for the station overview as it were but if you want to get involved in in, in this program's if you like extracurricular activities there's an awful lot happening off air uh, and you can meet some of the some of the famous characters from the program as well like professor hal uh, by following me at mr james ob on twitter uh back to the questions that currently need answers wolf whistles birds drinking uh dog wee uh, tears biological or evolutionary explanation why do we cry why do we cry what what is gained by crying and is it do, do, do pigeons ever have suicidal thoughts? Tim's in Croydon. Tim, question or answer? Answer, James. Go Good on, afternoon. Hello, mate. Hi. Uh, right. I swear to God, I saw a pigeon commit suicide once. Um, walking down a, a street in Ball Lane in, in Leeds. Yeah. And the pigeon, broken wing, injured, something like that. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. It's on the pavement. It edges to the pavement. There's, there's traffic coming to a halt at a red light. Double-decker bus. Okay. It edges, it edges, it edges. 
drops off the curb, goes under the wheels of the bus, or goes by the side of the wheels of the bus, waits, lights change, traffic starts to move, wheels turn slowly, dead pigeon, you know, five seconds later. It could have gone anywhere, that pigeon. It went off the curb because it was injured, and it died. What do you reckon? It's a strong play. Powerful testimony, isn't that it? That is eh? a strong play. It's got, it's got the lot there. It's got poignancy. It's got eyewitness account. It's got yeah. plausibility, Tim. It's got plausibility. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, and, I'm and the auction, I, I can't lie. You give the extra detail. Lying. I like it with the sort of lead street names, that kind of thing. Just sort of yeah. roots it with a bit of biographical detail. It's not mm-hmm. what Darren's mum was looking for. That's my only problem. Darren's mum was wondering specifically about the, you know, the decision not to fly. Well, I thought the question was about, like, you know, suicidal ideation. It, it, it was, and, and I'm with you, but yeah. I, just, I just feel bad for Darren's mum. Because I think well, she specifically was wondering, is it possible for a pigeon to jump off a multi-storey car park and not flap its wings? But that is not, you're right, the way Darren, so Darren's mum, take it up with Darren, not with Tim or I, Tim or me. Yeah. Because it's the way he framed the question that is responsible yeah. for the fact that Tim has now gone def- definitive in his answer. I think you have. Because the pigeon I put itself I... out of its misery, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it did. It could have gone anywhere. It was injured. Why do you never see, rarely see dead birds? It's because they die under hedges, mostly. That's where they go. They, they hide there. Yeah. And then they wait for death. But this one, you know, took a well, quicker uh, route. Yeah. A round of applause for Tim. Oh, yeah. Oh! All right, that one for Fred and Dan. Cheers, man. <laughs> Peter's in Putney. Question or answer, Peter? Uh, I've got an answer for you on the wolf whistle. Oh, yes. Uh, well, my uh, uncle was a chief petty officer in the Navy. Uh, it's, it's the sound they use on a, a bosun's call to get people's attention before they actually pipe anything. It's the first one, and it's derived down. It's a similar sound to the wolf whistle, and that's what you always told me. It's a specific whistle to say, right, pay attention, everybody, because there's all other, you have yeah. to have something that everyone's kind of agreed on. Yeah. Even implicitly. And, and how does that transmute into a, a mark of appreciation? Well, it's just getting people to... Uh, you get the attention of someone. If you, you, you wolf whistle to a woman, you're trying to get her attention. No, you don't, know. Cause yeah, you, no, you don't, because I've got different whistles for my children, you see, if I, if uh, I, if I lose them in a shop. And I, 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 I won't reveal what they are, because that is, uh, you know, obviously very biographical detail. But the one you do to get attention is the... Not the... Yeah, well, that's what I was always told. Well, don't be like that, mate. Don't get all mardy with me. I've just, I mean, it's just, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm trying to help you out. You've got so many... Uh, so many answers to get to that. I'm trying to help I you. know, and I'm grateful, but it's, it can't, I mean, it's just not true, because the one you do to get people's attention is demonstrably different from the one that you do to express appreciation of a female or male form. Well, that was uh, the, the naval call, anyway. Oh, I feel bad now. Yeah. I can't do it, though, Pete. Sorry, mate. God rest my uncle. God, yeah, well, no, you're not playing that card now, <laughs> are you? Oh, man! No, I'm going to be strong. I can't, I'm not going to be way late. Kevin's in Stanford Hill. Question or answer, Kevin? It's a question, James. Yes. I'd like to know, what qualifications do you need to be a slaughterman in an abattoir? It's an interesting place to come with that question, Kev. <laughs> what, 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 what explains your interest? Are you looking for a career change? Yeah, I'd quite like to do that job. What, what do you think would 
equip you for it? What makes you think that a life in a slaughterhouse would suit you? Uh, well, I did work in a poultry slaughterhouse one time. Yeah? Well, I quite like to work somewhere, I don't know, where they killed sheep or pigs. Um, I quite like enjoying things, you know, enjoy killing things, so I think that gives me a lot of pleasure doing that job. Okay. I, I, I don't know that you'd need any. I mean, you'd, presumably you'd do all your training on the job, wouldn't you? Well, I don't know. Would you need some sort of... MVQ? Know, certificate in butchery, yeah. MVQ. Like well, that. you wouldn't need a certificate in butchery just to do the killing. We, well, yeah. Is it just the killing that appeals to you, or, or do you like the idea of the butchering as well? Uh, both. But really? Both. Well, you definitely need some qualifications to be a butcher. Yeah. Yeah, but like to be, you know, to be actual slaughterman, to actually kill the animal. So what qualifications do you need to be a slaughterman? Yeah. Okay. Cheers, James. No, thank you, Kevin. You, uh, just for the record, you, you can come on Mr. Air whenever you want, mate, and ask any question you please. If you know the answer to that, call me now. Seriously. No, seriously. Who has Samuel? Samuel, question or answer? How are you? Hello. Hey, uh, I have an answer here for the Solomon. Uh, basically, it would depend on where the meat's being exported to. So, for instance... Um, uh, silver fern farms or something New Zealand, um, you would have to be of Muslim faith and uh, the sheep would be slaughtered in accordance with halal. So basically, depending on... you could Anyone could be a slaughterman, but it would depend on their uh, faith. So you don't need any qualifications whatsoever to work in an abattoir? No, it is it is all experience, and as you work your way around the room from, uh, I don't know, chopping shoulders, uh, boning out legs on the bandsaw, eventually you get to a percentage, so you'd call it, say, 100%, and once you're 100%, you could become a slaughterman or uh, a bandsawman, so to speak. What your qualifications? I worked in one, Silverfern Farms, New Zealand. Would you recommend it as a career move to Kevin? <laughs> it's... Uh, but bearing in mind, Kevin really likes Kevin really likes killing things. Yeah, he seems like a sick man. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, Kevin, that was Samuel that said that you were a sick man. That was not that was not me, mate. That was Samuel. I think he's bang out of line. How dare you come on here and say that Kevin, who likes killing things, sounded a bit sick? <laughs> Sorry, Kev. It's too late now, Samuel. What's that? He's online too. He wants Samuel's home number. All right, pulse it over. Anything for Kevin. Anything for Super Kev. Round of applause for Samuel. Yay! <laughs> Barrett's in Harrow. Barrett, question or answer? Answer to question on the uh, dog wee. It's just one of those weeks. Okay, so why, why are the birds on Ron's patio drinking the wee that his dog just did? If they're meat for the salt from the wee, that brings them there. Uh, the clear water is there. They won't touch that because the salt water is there in the wee. Um, all animals, dogs, horses, the cows are given salt licks uh, on farms so they can get the salt from there. But birds flying around can't get that often from the meals they have. Yes. And uh, where, where they find a wee, they go for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Qualifications, Barrett? Uh, trying to sell this as a business a while ago, the salt licks to farmers and businesses, so I know about it, so... Well, that's true. I mean, I, I recognise what you describe about mammals, but I don't know that birds have the same metabolism. That I'm sure you're right in the context of minerals or, 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 or something like that, but I'm not sure it would necessarily be salt. I think all creatures need salt. Well, I mean, is it not nitrogen? 
So the dog, the dog has excreted nitrogen in a, in, a, in diluted urea, urea, and the birds convert the nitrogen into uric acid. Must be there. Well, I, I think be- well between the two of us, we've nailed it, haven't we? I think we have. Because yeah. if you'd said minerals instead of specifically sodium chloride, I think you'd have been over the line. Yes, they yeah, get they yeah. get they get something out of the way that they need that is simply not present in water. What is it? Nitrogen, minerals, salt, one or all of the above. R- round of applause for Barrett. No thanks. What, 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 what sort of business did you have selling salt licks? No, just the distribution business to find out um, which farms and which uh, what type of licks are ordered. I mean, you'd be surprised as to the variety of licks available. I would be very surprised. Uh, what, what's the most expensive lick? It's a salt from the Himalayan mountains, which has been left there for hundreds of millions of years. And it's so pure that it's amazing. And they give that to cows? Mm, cows, or, I mean, even humans have that in the... No, I know humans have it. I've seen it for sale. It's pink sometimes, isn't it? That's the one. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Waste, I wouldn't have, waste it on yeah. a cow. Would you waste it on well, a cow? Some herds, you know, you never know, um, who like uh, the fish to like money. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look what they do to the Wagyu beef in Japan. They sort of give them massages and feed them beer all day. Sounds there like, you go. Sounds there like you go. heaven, doesn't it? Uh, did yeah. I, have I given him? You've had your round of applause. Barrett, great work. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those days I don't know where, where the time has gone today. 12.45 as near as damn it. Joe will be up first after the travel news. After Joe, it could, of course, be you. number you need for it to be you is 0345 Uh We've done that. The wolf whistle. I bet Peter in Putney was right and he's cited the... He's cited the memory of his late uncle as well and i still sent him away empty-handed i hope i don't i hope i don't regret that ultimately the only way you can perhaps rescue me is by giving me a better explanation of why the wolf whistle has become an expression of appreciation why do we cry i thought that would have been shot down pretty early but it hasn't been um i think they're the only two that we're still waiting for so we probably have time to squeeze in a couple more let's squeeze in joe's just before the travel news joe what's your question it's all about buttons on sleeves go on then on the end of our sleeves, men's jackets mostly, you'll find three little buttons. I've got no idea what they're for. It's so you can roll your sleeve up. Get off. Of course it is. It's called a surgeon's cuff. Jacket. It's called a surgeon's cuff. So back in the day when surgeons observed sartorial standards that are higher even than they are now, they would roll up their jacket sleeves uh, to do surgery. Ergo, it became known as a surgeon's cuff. Yeah. It's now called a working cuff because on your jackets the, sl- the buttons don't work, do they? No, of course not. How do I know that? I don't know, kid. I'll tell you after this. From the LBT Travel Centre, good afternoon. I'm Jay Louise Knight and problems with animals on the road on the Surrey stretch of the M. 12.49. And uh, as promised, the, the continuation of that answer to the question about cuffs. And you've accused me of some quite rude things here, Jez in particular. How do you know his buttons don't work? Because he sounds like he only buys cheap suits, obviously, you massive hashtag snob. I, kind of. That's not the reason. The reason I knew that his... What was his name, the fella just before the, the travel there? Asking about why the why are there buttons on sleeves. It was Joe, wasn't it? I, the, the, the reason I know that his buttons didn't work on his sleeve was because he mentioned the number of buttons there were. And that number was three. Which, Jez, yes, is indicative, unless you're wearing a designer garment from, from continental Europe, that is indicative of a cheaper garment than a four button or even believe it or not a five button sleeve if you're having a suit made to measure if it's genuinely bespoke you can have as many buttons as you want and back when every suit was made to measure before the existence of off the peg suiting you would 
have a working cuff on your jacket because surgeons, as I said, would roll it up. Now, just for style and tradition, the buttons have stayed, but the cuff doesn't work unless you're wearing a really posh suit. The only suits I've ever owned on which the cuff works are the best suits I've ever owned. And they all had either four or five buttons. So when he said he only had three buttons... I knew he didn't have a working cuff. I also knew he didn't have a working cuff because he was asking the question about why he had buttons on his sleeve. And if the cuff worked, he'd know. Well, it's so you can roll your sleeve up. There you go. I'm pretty sure about surgeon's cuff, but in, in, in full definitiveness, I'm just going to stick with working cuff. And that's earned me a round of applause. <laughs> Mark's in Romford. Mark, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Carry on. Um, and you can answer this, because I'll take your answer based on how much time we've got left. When mm. I was bathing my daughter the other day, mm. she put a ship in the bath, and the bath level, the, the water level, rose. Does that mean every time a ship is launched into the ocean, the sea level rises slightly? Yeah, negligibly, yeah. You've just answered it. Well, well a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. Of qualifications, I think we did this a few years ago on Mystery Hour, and it, it, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. But, but yes, I mean, it's, it's Archimedes, isn't it? It's Eureka. It must do. Great stuff. Oh, that's nice. That was easily easily done. Thank you very much. 12.52. Ted is in Sunbury. Ted, question or answer? Um, question, please. Yeah? Um, if all the stars and planets that we can see, or not all, but the majority of them are, and some of them are millions of light years away. And um, how do we know they're still there? Because um, if they could have blown up half a million years ago, we could still see them because it takes that long for the light to travel back to Earth. We don't know that they're still there. No. No, we just don't. You could, there's no other way of proving that they are or aren't there. Visiting. Short, not just visiting would be the only no. way you could do it. It would take quite a long time, though, wouldn't it, to oh, get there? Yeah, no kidding. But there's no... Because, I mean, a lot of the stars we can know. see died died millennia ago. Mm. Yeah. It's just taken so long for the light to reach us. It looks yeah. like they're still there. Does that make you... Does that, does that freak you out a bit? Yeah, because the universe could be virtually empty, really. And we think it's full up with, you know... the saying of more grains of sand, more stars than there are grains of sand on the earth, which I can never get my head around, it, it, half of them might not be there, you know, might only be a bucket full of sand out there. What do you think? Are you, are you, are you, are you a poet by any chance, Ted? No. You're, you're sounding quite poetic today. No, I'm not. I'm a, a retired fireman. A retired fireman? That doesn't preclude mm. you from being a poet. Do you know what I think I everyone should I do? I wish I had the use of words that you do, which I don't. Oh, you're very kind. Well, yeah, you're, you're a lot more used to humanity as a fireman than I am as someone with a big vocabulary, mate. But thank you. I appreciate the compliment. The, the, the answer is, oddly, not, not one that's ever occurred to us before. But yeah, it is, it is, it is just true. They, they, there is no way of knowing if the stars we can see are still there. Right, then. Thanks very much. Oh, you're welcome. I'm just clawing in these rounds of applause today. I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> I'm so not. It's 12.54. Matthew's in Caterham. Matthew, question or answer? I've got an answer, James. Is it the tears question? Because it's only the tears we've yes, got left. it is. Is it only it the is. tears we've got left? What was the other one? Oh, and the wolf whistle. Go on. So the tears and the wolf whistle. Why do we cry, Matthew? Okay. So it's uh, to maintain the balance of serotonin in the brain. So when you're, you're upset, you've got a lot of negative chemicals the tears effectively flush it away, which is why you feel so much better after a good cry. Yes. And if you flip it to the other side, when you're really happy and, and you cry with laughter, 
it's the same principle, except you've got too many happy chemicals. So you're flushing out the happy chemicals just to remain, uh, just to keep a nice balance, basically. Uh, and by, so, by happy and sad chemicals, we probably mean hormones, don't we? I think serotonin is the happy one. I couldn't say one, but yes, you're probably correct there. What are your qualifications, Matthew? I heard it on a magnificent show called Mystery Hour. Oh, no. I'm going to go... I'm going to go up a level. You've got a round of applause, but Abbas in Leicester knows some fancy words. Take it away, Abbas. Hi. Hi. Um, firstly, James, lovely to speak to you. Um, you're my favourite presenter on LBC. Um, what about other radios? Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What about other radio stations? Uh, all, all radio stations. Yeah, that's all right then. Carry on. <laughs> um, so, uh, basically, uh, within your brain, um, right in the middle of the brain, so if you were to draw a line, imaginary line, between your temples and from you, the central of your forehead going backwards, right in the crosshairs of that, you've got something called your limbic system, which is... Wait there, Abbas, wait there, wait there, wait there. Abbas, wait, I'm coming back to you in a minute. Matthew? Matthew? Limbic system. Limbic system, yeah. mate. Stay there. Carry on, Abbas. Um, so you've got your limbic system, which processes your emotions, and that feeds into a part of your brain called the hypothalamus. Stay there, Abbas. Stay there, stay there, Abbas, stay there. Matthew? Don't ask me to spell it. Hypothalamus, mate. Back to Abbas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that uh, releases uh, certain types of hormones, um, and one of the hormones that it causes the release of is something called prolactin. Stay there, prolactin Abbas. Stay there, mate. Stay there. Matthew? Yes? Prolactin, pal. Back to Abbas. Which makes your tear ducts more heavier um, and causes you to cry. And that works with both um, happy emotions and sad emotions. Qualifications? Um, so I'm a doctor, but, uh, but a few years ago I did a thesis on the psychophysiology of crying. Matthew? Matthew? <laughs> yes. Psychophysiology yes. of crying, I'm crying Matthew! Right now, funnily <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I get Abbas to send you a copy? Yeah, please. <laughs> round of applause all round please gentlemen thank you please thank you oh i loved that Twelve fifty-seven is the time um jill is in beckenham what stewards in question or answer jill uh stewards inquiry how dare you <laughs> i'm sorry um the buttons on the sleeves uh, my husband is uh, a freak about naval history, and he said it comes from the Royal Navy because the midshipmen were called snotties because they always had snotty noses, and they used to wipe their noses on their sleeves. So they put the buttons on the cuffs to stop them wiping their noses on their sleeves. I, 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 I don't want to cause any marital discord, uh, but there's no way that's true. Is there? No oh. chance. Surgeon's oh. cuff. It's, I mean, I, how many years did your husband spend in menswear? I know he didn't spend any time in menswear. Uh, it's it's a well-known old wives' tale. Oh, crikey, that was a bit rude. It's a well-known apocryphal, anecdotal, evidential contribution to the national conversation that it was to stop sailors wiping their snotty noses on their sleeves. But then you would have to explain to me why cuffs also worked, why the surgeon's cuff is unbuttonable, uh, is rather, yeah, you can unbutton it and roll up your sleeve. I, I give up. I only, he, he was listening as well. And, oh, and he uh, made you ring in, Jill. No, he's, he's gone to get petrol in the car. So uh, he, I said to him, I'm going to ring in. And he said, no, don't. But I did. Well, I, I'm glad you did. But you're still wrong. <laughs> OK, I'll tell him when he gets back. You do. Tell him from me, seriously. Thank you very much. There might be something in that, but, the, but I promise you, it's called a surgeon's cuff. And it's because military surgeons in particular had to unbutton and roll up their sleeves when they were operating in, on, on the battlefield, actually. 
You don't see it very often these days. Although, I've got a couple myself still. Thank you, Jill. That's it from me for another day. What an astonishing mystery. That caller Natalie earlier, the one about why boys aren't going on to university and how it could possibly be linked to female teachers being the predominant gender in the classroom. I've put that on the website. So head over to lbc.co.uk or, or I'll retweet it from at Mr. James O'B. It was a really brilliant insight. That's it from me for another day. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10. I'm James O'Brien. Here is Sheila Fogarty. Thanks, James.